This is the Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's topic, I'm going to be reading from Pope Leo XIII's encyclical Human, Human Genus on Freemasonry. Before I get started with the opening prayer, I want to make a quick, as quick as I'm able, um, brief as I can message. When I, let me go back. If, if anyone should contact me on listener mailbag, I have a request I want to make of people. And that is, Just be yourself. Be who you are. Um, I try to be... I, I realize that my personality is not as such that I seem like a very personable individual. As I said before, I make no excuses for that. I am who I am. But that does not mean that I expect people to treat me, to walk on eggshells when they deal with me. So my humble request is, if you should write me on listener mailbag, I attempt to be genuine with my audience. I ask the same of you. Please do not tell me what you think I want to hear. Please do not um, treat me like I'm going to bite your head off or anything like that. Just be honest with me when you email me. Um, if, if you are put off by the tone, but you need a, some certain resources, feel free to ask and ask like you would any other person that you may not find as... Um, off-putting, as you may or may not find me. That's all I ask. Um, as far as the last two episodes go, I realized yesterday that I spent a couple of minutes at the end of the last episode explaining the tone of my... Um, of the last two episodes. I have not checked... I have not checked the Spotify app yet to see if they're still up, given the tenor and tone of those episodes. I would not be surprised if either one of them get yanked off of Spotify. More or less, the RSS feed podcast. Um, but I want to take a minute or two once again to say that, yes, I, I say things like 300 IQ paste eaters and things like this. Bear in mind that 
once again, I I don't when when I do my podcast, there there is a reason for everything that I do, and just try to bear in mind that it's a generalized thing. If it does not apply, ignore it. If it does apply, think about it. Um, but number one, there's no malicious intent there. Out, there's no malicious intent, period. But secondly, I use these, these terms which sound contemptuous and off-putting for a purpose because a lot of people, um, myself included, for as a matter of fact, um need to have their bubble their 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 egos burst and one last thing before i get in further excuse me um the reason i apologize for my notification i had forgotten that I had one. Anyhow, um, when I do these podcasts, I include myself in everything that I say. Everything. When I use ter- a terminology such as paste eaters or 300 IQ takers, I'm including myself in that. Now, I given... The way I come across sometimes, I do understand that it's very easy to get the idea because of the way society and culture are nowadays that a lot of people insult people gratuitously and they're not including themselves. I want to put to bed, at least as far as I'm able, the rest is up to you the notion that somehow or another I'm exempting myself from my my harsh words and my sarcasm and, and what sounds contemptuous. I am not. I'm very much including myself in all of this. So this is my, as brief as I could make it, explanation take it for what it's worth i've given the explanation and no i'm not giving the this explanation or any of the others i've done in the past to somehow cover my butt this is to reassure those people in my audience who may be um put off by the way I come across sometimes. Now, before I get into the opening prayer, I want to give I want to give a a sincere, humble and heartfelt thanks to our blessed mother and our lord and especially to divine providence. Because without their help, this episode for tonight could not have been made. Um, I pray often enough that 
my Lord and my Blessed Mother fully and completely understand my inadequate gratitude toward them. However, for tonight's episode and on a couple of episodes previously, when I do something like this, a public acknowledgement, once again, there's a purpose. There's a purpose why I'm doing this public acknowledgement. And for those of you more cynical types, it is not to fool you into thinking I'm some pious guy who, um, you know, I'm pretending to be pious to mislead you into thinking that I'm something that I'm not. My longtime listeners, at least I'm hoping, will have an understanding that I mean what I say and say what I mean and understand that this this is a sincere thank you but i wanted to make it public this this thank you because sometimes there's the private side of your spiritual life and sometimes you have to make a public act of gratitude this is it without further ado i'm going to go ahead and start in on Pope Leo's encyclical Humanae Human Genus on Freemasonry. Oh, one quick note. For those of you who want to throw stones or be edgy or whatever, yes, I know I'm massacring the Latin. Oh, well. I don't speak Latin, and I'm a high school graduate. I massacre the English language on a daily basis. So... We'll start with the prayer, and I will read from the encyclical from Pope Leo XIII on Freemasonry. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. To the patriarchs, primates, archbishops, and bishops of the Catholic world, and grace and communion with the Apostolic See. Oh, the opening title is Human Genus, encyclical Pope Leo XIII on Freemasonry. The race of man, after its miserable fall from God, the creator, giver of heavenly gifts, through the envy of the devil, separated into two diverse and opposite parts, of which one steadfastly contends for the truth and virtue, the other of those things which are contrary to, to virtue and to truth. The one is the kingdom of God on earth, namely the true church of Jesus Christ, and those who desire from their heart to be united with it, so as to gain salvation and must of necessity serve God and his only begotten Son with their whole mind and with their entire will. The other is the kingdom of Satan, in whose possession and control they are, whoever follow the fatal example of their leader and of the first parents and those who refuse, refuse to obey the divine and eternal law and, the, and, uh, 
and who have many aims of their own in contempt of God and all also the many aims I'm sorry and many aims also against God the twofold kingdom of St Augustine keenly discerned and described after a manner of two cities contrary in their laws because of I'm sorry because striving for contrary objects and when he talks about the two kingdoms he's talking about St Augustine's book the city of God. I believe the entire title is The City of God and the City of Man. So anyway, to return, these two full kingdoms, St. Augustine keenly discerned and described after a manner two cities, contrary in their laws because striving for the contrary objects. And with a subtle brevity, he expe- expressed the effect the effective cause of each in these words. Two loves form the, the city, the two cities. The love of self reaching even to the contempt of God in the earthly city and the love of God reaching to contempt of self, a heavenly one. At every period of time, each Each has been in conflict with the other, with a variety and multiplicity of weapons and of warfare, though not always equal in, I'm sorry, not always with equal ardor and assault. At this period, however, the partisans of evil seem to be combining together to be struggling with united vehemence led on or assisted by the strongly organized and widespread association called Freemasons, no longer organized no longer making secret of their purpose. They are boldly rising up against God himself. They are planning the destruction of the Holy Church publicly and openly, and this with the set purpose of utterly despoiling the nations of Christendom, if it were possible, of the blessings obtained for us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Lamenting these evils, we are constrained by charity, which urges our hearts to cry out often to God. For lo, thy enemies have made a noise, that lest they hate thee, lifted up their head. They have taken a malicious counsel against thy people and have consulted against thy saints, that they have said, Come, let us destroy them so that they not be a nation. At such an urge, I'm sorry, at so an urgent a crisis, when so fierce and so pressing an onslaught is made upon the Christian name, it is our office to point out the danger, to mark who are the adversaries, and to the best of our power to make head against their plans and devices, that they may not perish whose salvation is committed to us. 
and that kingdom of Jesus Christ entrusted to our charge may not stand and remain whole, but may be enlarged by an ever-increasing growth throughout the world. The Roman pontiffs, our predecessors, in their incessant watchfulness over the safety of the Christian people, were prompt in detecting the presence and in the purpose of this capital enemy, immediately it sprang into light instead of hiding as a dark conspiracy, and moreover, moreover they took occasion with true foresight to give, as it were, on their guard and not allow themselves to be caught by the devices and snares laid out to deceive them. The first warning of the danger was given by Clement XII in the year 1738, and his constitution was confirmed and renewed by Benedict XIV, Pius VII followed the same path, and Leo XII, by his apostolic constitution, you guys are going to have to pardon my lousy Latin, quo Gravara put together the acts and decrees of the former pontiffs on this subject, ratified and confirmed them forever. In the same sense, spoke Pius VIII, Gregory XVI, and many times over, Pius IX. For as soon as the Constitution and the spirit of the Masonic sect were clearly discovered by the manifest signs of its actions, by the investigation of its causes, by the publication of its laws, and of its rights and commentaries, with addition often of the personal testimony of those who were in the secret, this apostolic see has denounced the sect of Freemasons and publicly declared its constitution as contrary to the law and right to be pernicious no less to Christendom than to the state, and it forbade anyone to enter the society under the penalties which the church is wont to inflict upon exceptionally guilty persons. These secretaries... And what he means by that is, is people who join a sect, not secretaries who take dictation. Indignant at this, thinking, thinking to elude or weaken the force of these decrees, partially by contempt of them and partially by calumny, and calumny just means uh, by... Um, misrepresentation, accused the sovereign pontiffs who had passed and part, I'm sorry, who had passed them either of exceeding the bounds of moderation in their decrees or decreeing what was not just. This was the manner in which they endeavored to elude the authority and the weight of the apostolic constitutions of Clement XII, Benedict XIV, as well of that of Pius VII and Pius IX. Yet of Clement XII, Benedict XIV, Pius VII, and Pius IX, yet in the very society itself there were to be found men who unwilling unwillingly acknowledged that the Roman pontiffs have acted within their right according to Catholic dogma and discipline. 
The pontiff received the same assent in strong terms and from many a prince and heads of government who made their business either to delate the Masonic society to the apostolic see or of their own accord by in special enactments to the brand to brand it as pernicious, as example in Holland, Austria, Switzerland, Spain, Bavaria, Savoy, and other parts of Italy. But what is of most high importance, the course of events has demonstrated the prudence of our predecessors, for their provident and paternal solicitude has not always been everywhere the result desired. And this is either because of simultaneous Simul, um, simulation and cunning of some who were active agents in the mischief or else through, or oh, I'm sorry, or else of thoughtless levity of the rest who ought in their own interest have given the matter their diligent attention. In consequence, the sect of Freemasonry grew with rapidity beyond the conception in the course of a century and a half until it came to be able, by means of fraud or of audacity, to gain such entrance into every rank of the state as to seem almost its ruling power. This swift and formidable advance has brought up against the church upon the power of princes and upon public well-being precisely the grievous harm which our predecessors had long for, before foreseen. Such a condition has reached henceforth. There will be grave reason to fear, not indeed for the church, but, her, but for her foundation. It is much too firm to be overturned by the effort of men. But for those states in which prevails the power of either sect, I'm sorry, either of this sect of which we are speaking of, or other sects not dissimilar who lend themselves to it as disciple and subordinates. And here he's talking about Protestantism. For these reasons, we no, we no sooner came to the helm of the church then we clearly saw and felt it to be our duty to use our authority to the very utmost against such a vast of evil. We have several times already, as occasions uh, uh, served, attacked certain chief points of teaching which showed in special manner the perverse influence of Masonic opinions. These, in our encyclical letter, Quad Apostale Muneris, we endeavored to refute the monstrous doctrines of the socialist and communist afterwards in another beginning, Acrocumum. We took pains to defend and explain the true and genuine idea of domestic life, which is marriage, is the spring and origin, and again, which begins... We describe the ideal political government conformed to the principles of Christian wisdom, which is marvelously in harmony on one hand with the natural order of things, and in the other with the well-being of both sovereign princes and nations. It is now our intentions, 
I'm sorry, it is now our intention, following the example of our predecessors, directly to treat the Masonic Society of Self, of its whole teaching, of its aims, its manner of thinking and acting, in order to bring more into light the power of evil and to do what we can to arrest this contagion of its fatal plague. There are several organized bodies which through differing in names and ceremonial in form and origin are nonetheless bound together by a community of purpose and by similarity of their main opinion as to make, in fact, one thing with the sect of the Freemasons, which is the kind of center which they all go forth and where they will all return. Now no longer show a desire to remain concealed, for they hold public meetings in daylight before the public eye, publish their own newspapers and organs, and yet, when thoroughly understood, they are found to still retain the nature and habit of secret societies. There are many things like mysteries, which it is a fixed rule to hide with extreme care, not only from strangers, but from the very but from the very many members also, such as their secret and final designs, the names of their chief leaders, certain secret and inner meetings, as well as their decisions and ways and meaning of carry them out. This is no doubt the object of the manifold differences among the members as to right, office, and privilege, of received distinction of orders, grades, and that of severe discipline which it has maintained. Candidates are generally commanded to promise, nay, with special oath, to swear that they will never to any person at any time or in any way make known the members, the passes, or the subjects discussed. Thus, with fraudulent external appearance and with style of simulation, which is always the same, the Freemasons, like the Manichees of old, strive as far as possible to conceal themselves. When he talks about the Manichees, they are heretical sect from the early church. And to admit no witnesses but that of their own members. As a convenient manner of concealment, they assume the character of literary men and scholars associated for the purpose of learning. They speak of their zeal for a more cultured refinement and of their love for the poor. They declare that their one wish is to be the amelioration of the condition of the masses to which they share their largest possible number of all the benefits of civil life. When he talks about amelioration, he's talking about the relief of poor people or, or as a charitable organization. Were these purposes aimed at it in real truth, they are by no means the whole of their object. Moreover, to be enrolled, it is necessary that the candidates promise and undertake to be henceforward strictly obedient to their leaders and masters with the utmost submission and fidelity, and to be in readiness to do their bidding upon the slightest expression of their will. If 
if disobedient, to submit to the direct penalty and death itself. I repeat, and death itself. As a fact, if they are to be judged to have betrayed the doings of the sect or have resisted commands given, punishment is afflicted upon them, not infrequently, and with so much audacity and dexterity that the assassin very often escapes the detection and penalty of his crime. See Napoleon Bonaparte of my last episode. But to, but to simulate and wish to lie, hid, to bind men like slaves in the tightest bounds without giving any sufficient reason, to make use of men enslaved to the will of another for any arbitrary act, to arm men's right hands for bloodshed after securing impunity for the crime. All of this is an enormity from which nature recoils. Wherefore, reason and truth itself make plain that a society which we are all speaking is an antagonism for justice and natural uprightness, and becomes still plainer in so much as other arguments also for those manifest prove that it is essentially opposed to natural virtue. No matter how great may be men's cleverness in concealing their experience in lying, it is impossible to prevent the effects of any cause from showing in some way the intrinsic nature of the cause whence they come. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Now the Masonic set produces fruits that are pernicious and of the bitterest flavor. From what we have above most clearly shown, that which is their ultimate purpose forces itself into view, namely the utter overflow, I'm sorry, overthrow of the whole religious and political order of the world, which Christian teaching has produced and substitution of a new state of things in accordance with their ideas or which the foundations and laws have been shown from mere naturalism. Another quick note, when he says Christian, no Protestants, no Vatican II sect, no Eastern Orthodox schismatics. He is not referring to you, but the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church. This was written in the 1870s. What we have said and are about to say must be understood of the sect of Freemasons taking generically insofar as it compromises the associations and kindred to it and confederated with it but not to individual members of them. There may be persons among these, and not a few, who, although not free from the guilt of having entangled themselves in such associations, yet are neither themselves partner in their criminal acts nor aware of their ultimate objectives, which they are endeavoring to obtain. In the same way, some of the afflicted societies, perhaps by no mean approve of the extreme conclusions which they would, they would, if consistent, 
embrace is necessarily following from their common principles and did not from the very foulness strike them with horror. Some of these, again, are led by circumstances of times and places, either to aim at smaller things than the usually attempt or them, I'm sorry, or then they themselves would wish to attempt. They are not, however, for this reason to be reckoned as alien to the Masonic Federation. For the Masonic Federation is to be judged not so much by the things which it has done or brought to completion as by the sum of its pronounced opinions. Now the fundamental doctrine of the naturalist, which they sufficiently make known by their very name, is that human nature and human reason ought to be in all things to be mistress and guide. Laying down, laying down, they care little for the duties to God or pervert them by erroneous and vague opinions. For they deny that anything which has been taught by God, they allow no dogma of religion or truth which cannot be understood by human intelligence, nor by any teacher who ought to be believed by reason of his authority. And since it is the special and exclusive duty of the Catholic Church fully to set forth in words, truths, divinely revealed to teach, besides other divine helps to salvation, the authority of its office and defend the same with perfect purity against the Church that rage and attack of the enemies that are principally directed." In these matters regarding religion, let it be seen how the sect of Freemason acts. I'm sorry, Freemasons act acts, especially were it more free to act without restraint. And let anyone judge whether, in fact, it does not wish to carry out the policy of the naturalists. By the very long and persevering labor they have endeavored to bring about this result, namely that the teachings offices and authority of the church may become of no account in civil in in the civil state and for the same reason they declare to people and contend that the church and state ought to be altogether disunited see the united states constitution separation of church and state perpetrated by thomas jefferson by this means, they reject from the laws and from the commonwealth the wholesome influences of the Catholic religion, and they consequently imagine the states ought to be constituted without any regard for the laws and precepts of the church. Nor do they think it, I'm sorry, nor do they think it enough to disregard the church. The best of guides, unless they also injure it by their hostility. Indeed, with them, it is lawful to attack with impunity the very foundations of the Catholic religion in speech, in writing, and in teaching. Even the rights of the church are not spared. The offices in which it is in divinely invested are not safe. The least possible liberty to manage its affairs is left to the church, and this is done by laws 
not apparently very hostile, but in reality framed and fitted to hinder the free to f- hinder its freedom of action. Once again, go back to the Bill of Rights, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. Moreover, we see exceptional and onerous laws imposed upon the clergy to the end that they may be continually diminished in number and by necessary means. We also see the remnants of the possessions of the church fettered by the strictest conditions subjected to the powers and arbitrary will of the administrators of the state and the religious orders rooted up and scattered. In particular, he's talking about the anti-religious laws at that time, well, for right now, for that matter, of the European nations such as France, Italy, and England. But it is against the Epistolic Sea and the Roman Pontiff, the contention of these enemies has been for a long time directed. The Pontiff was first for specious specious reasons. When he says specious, he means um, uh, not serious reasons thrust out from the bulwark of his liberty and of his right and the civil Princeton. I'm sorry, civil Princeton. Yeah. Soon he was unjustly driven into this, into a condition which was unbearable because of the difficulties raised on all sides. And now the time has come when the partisans of the sex openly declare what in secret among themselves they had they have for a long time plotted that the sacred power of the pontiffs must be abolished, that the papacy itself, founded by divine right, must be utterly destroyed. If other proofs were wanting, this fact would be sufficiently disclosed by the testimony of men, well informed, of whom some at other times and others again recently have declared it to be true of the Freemasons and that they were especially and that they especially desire to assail the church with it within irreconcilable hostility, and they will never rest until they have destroyed whatever the supreme pontiffs have established established for the sake of religion. This paragraph here, he's uh, I believe this uh, encyclical was written after the Freemasonic um, Italian revolutionist had taken over the Papal States and basically put a bounty on the Pope's head. It also refers to um, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to finish. If those who are admitted as members are not commanded to abjure, what he means by abjure, he means to reject, by any form, the words of the Catholic doctrine, this omission, so far from being adverse to the designs of Freemasons, it is useful for their purposes. First, in this way, they easily deceive the simple-minded and the heedless, 
and can induce a far greater number of them to become its members. Again, as all who offer themselves are received, whatever may be their form of religion. In other words, they, they take anybody, uh, any, any Protestants or Catholics, they'll take them. They may teach the great heir of this age that a regard for religion should be held as in, in a indifferent manner, I'm sorry, a different matter, and that all religions are alike, religious indifferentism. This manner of reasoning is calculated to bring about the ruin of all forms of religion, and especially that of the Catholic religion, which as its only one that is true, I want to repeat this for you Vatican II types, which is, I'm sorry, which, as it is the only one that is true, cannot without great injustice be regarded as merely equal to the other religions. By the way, for you Vatican II types, when he, and Protestants for that matter, when he regards when he writes in this encyclical, the church, he's talking about the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church. He is not talking about Protestantism, and he's not talking about the schismatics of the Eastern Orthodox sect. But the naturalists go much further. For having, the, for having in the highest things entered upon a wholly erroneous course, they are carried headlong to extremes, either by reason of the weakness of human nature or because God inflicts upon them the just punishment of their pride. Hence, it happens that they no longer consider as certain and permanent those things which are fully understood by the natural light of reason, such as certain that I'm sorry, such as certainly are the existence of God the immaterial nature of the human soul, its immortality, the sect of Freemasons, by a similar course of error, it is exposed to those same dangers. For although in a general way they may profess the existence of God, they, they themselves are witness that they do not at all maintain the truth with full assent of mind or with a firm conviction." Neither do they conceal that this question about God is the greatest source and cause of discords among them. In fact, it is certain it is in fact it is certain that a considerable contention about the same subject has existed has existed among them, each side given the right to defend its own opinion, either that there is a God or that there is none, that those who obstinately contend that there is no God are easily initiated as those who contend that God exists, though, like the pantheists, and when he says pantheists, he's just meaning um. Pagans, people who believe that there are many gods or at least act like it. They have many false notions concerning him, all which is nothing else than taking away the reality while retaining some absurd representation of the divine nature. 
When the greatest fundamental truth has been overturned or weakened, it follows that these truths, which are also known by the teachings of nature, must begin to fall, namely that all things were made by free will of God the Creator, that the world is governed by divine providence and the souls that souls do not die, and that to this life men upon earth there will succeed another and everlasting life. When these truths are done away with, which are as the principle of nature and important for the knowledge, I'm sorry, important for knowledge and for practical use, it is easy to see what will become of both public and private morality. We say nothing of these more heavenly virtues, which no one can exercise or even acquire without a special gift and grace of God, of which necessarily no trace can be found in those who reject as unknown the redemption of mankind, the grace of God, the sacraments, and the happiness to be obtained in heaven. We speak now of the duties which have their origin in natural probity. I think probity means reason. That God is the creator of the world and is its provident ruler, that the internal laws committed, I'm sorry, that the internal law, eternal law, commands that the natural order to be maintained and forbid that it, okay, I'm sorry, and forbids that it be not disturbed that the last end of men is a destiny far above human things, beyond this sojourning upon the earth, that these things are the sources and the principles of all justice and morality. If these things be taken away, as the naturalist and Freemasons desire, there will immediately be no knowledge as to what constitutes justice and injustice or upon the principles and morality is founded. And in truth, the teaching of morality, which finds alone favor with the sect of Freemasons, in which they contend that you should be instructed, is that what they call civil and independent and free, Namely, that it does not contain any religious belief. But however insufficient as such teachings is, how wanting in soundness and how easily moved by every impulse of passion, it is sufficiently proved by its sad fruits, which have already begun to appear. For whatever, by removing Christian education already... I'm sorry. For... Wherever, by removing Christian education, this teaching has become more completely to rule, their goodness and integrity of morals have begun quickly to perish. Monstrous and shameful opinions have grown up, and the audacity of evil deeds has risen to a high degree. All of this commonly complained of and deplored, and not a few of those who by no means wish to do so, are compelled by an abundance of evidence to give not infrequently the same testimony. 
Moreover, human nature was stained by original sin and is therefore more disposed to vice than virtue. For a virtuous life is is absolutely necessary to restrain disorderly movements of the soul and to make passions obedient to reason. In this conflict, human things much very... I'm sorry. In this conflict, human things must very often be despised, and the greatest labors and hardships must be undergone in order that reason may always hold its sway. But the naturalists and Freemasons, having no faith in these things, which we have learned by the revelation of God, deny that our first parents sinned and consequently think that free will is not at all weakened and inclined to evil. On the contrary, exaggerating rather the power and excellence of nature and placing therein alone the principle of the rule of justice, that they cannot imagine that there is any need at all to the constant struggle and perfect steadfastness to overcome the violence and rule of our passions. Wherefore, we see that men are publicly tempted by the many allurements of pleasure, that there are journals and pamphlets which neither moderation nor shame, that there are stage plays, I'm sorry, that stage plays are remarkable for license, that design of works of art are shamelessly sought in the laws of so-called, I think, um, the copy that I've got here is off of Kindle. It's messed up. Um, I think he's referring to voyeurism. And for those of you who don't know what voyeurism is, voyeurism is just a, um, it's, it's a sin that you want to see nudity to be, um, to have your, uh, lusts, uh, your lusts stoked up. That through the contraveniences of a soft and delicate life are carefully devised. What he's saying here is, is the society makes life more comfortable, more easy, more convenient. That you don't have to work for anything. And all the blandishments of pleasure are diligently sought out by which... Virtue may be lulled to sleep. What he's talking about there is is um, society and culture was trying, or still is, trying to get people to pursue pleasure over uh, over Catholic virtue or holiness. Wickedly also, but at the same time, Quite consistently do those acts, I'm sorry, do those act who do away with the expectation of the joys of heaven and bring down all happiness to the level, bring down all happiness to the levels of mortality, yeah, mortality as if it were to sink 
as if to sink it in the earth. In other words, eat and drink today for tomorrow we die. Or what we have said the following fact, astonished not so much in and of itself as it were an open expression may serve as a confirmation. For since generally no one is accustomed to obey crafty and clever men so submissively as those whose soul is weakened and broken down by the dominion of the passions. There have been in the sect of the Freemasons and some who plainly determined and proposed that artfully and of set purpose, the multitude should be sated with boundless license of vice, as this had been done, and it would easily come under their power and authority for any acts of daring. What he's saying here is, is that the Freemasons tried to break down um, Catholic fortitude so that people are more worldly. And if you're living for today and you're living for yourself, you're more easily led by the nose. What refers to domestic life in the teaching of the naturalist is almost all contained in the following declarations. That marriage belongs to the genus of commercial contracts, civil civil unions, which can rightly be revoked by the will of those who made them. Divorce. And civil rulers of the state have power over the matrimonial bond. That in education of youth, nothing is to be taught in the matter of religion and of certain fixed opinions that each one must be lit, must be left at liberty to follow when he comes of age, whatever he prefers. To these things, Freemasons fully assent. And not only assent, but long have endeavored to make them into law and institution. For in many countries, those nominally Catholic, notice what he said, nominally, it is enacted that no marriage shall be considered lawful except those contracted by civil authority. In other places, the law permits divorce, and in, other, in others, every effort is made used to make it lawful as soon as it may be. Thus, the time is quickly coming when marriage will be turned into another kind of contract that is, that it is changeable and uncertain unions which fancy may join together and which the same and which the same when changed may disunite. In other words, divorce. You can get a divorce whenever you want to, basically. With the greatest unanimity, the sect of the Freemasons also endeavors to take to itself the education of youth. They think that they can easily mold to their opinion that soft, pliant age, in other words, ignorant youth, bend it where they want to, and that nothing can be can be more fitted than this to enable them to bring up the youth of the state after their own plan. Therefore, in education and instruction of, of children, they allow no share either of teaching or discipline, 
to the ministers of the church, and in many places they have procured that the education of you shall be exclusively in the hands of laymen, and that nothing which treats of the most important and most holy duties of men to, to God shall be introduced into the instruction on morals. Then come to their doctrine of politics. This part's going to be important for you Americans out there. In which the naturalists lay down that all men have the same right and, and are in every respect of equal and like condition. And that everyone is naturally free. That no one has a right to command another. That it is an act of violence to require men to obey any authority other than which is obtained for themselves. Hello, libertarians. According to this, therefore, all things belonging to free people, power is held by command or permission of the people. Representative, republic, democracy, blah, 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 blah. So that when the popular will changes, rulers may lawfully be deposed and the source of all rights and civil duties is either in the multitude or in the general I'm sorry, or in the governing authority when this is constituting according when this is constituted according to the latest doctrines. It is also held I'm sorry, it is held also that the state should be without God, that in various forms of religion there is no reason why one should have precedence over another, and that they are all to occupy the same place. These doctrines, which are equally acceptable to Freemasons, and that they would wish to constitute states according to this example and model, it is too well known to require proof. For some time past, they have openly endeavored to bring about this with all their strength and resources, and in this they prepare the way not for a few bolder men who are hurrying even to the worst of things, and they're in devil. I'm sorry, endeavor to obtain equality and community of all goods by the destruction of every distinction and rank of property. Oh, and by the way, in the uh, paragraph before where it talked about every man being equal, i.e. all men are equal, when they say that, they don't mean it in the Catholic sense that every man is equal before God, but that there, there, there are no differences as far as rank goes. What, therefore, the sect of Freemasons is and what course it pursues appears sufficient from the summary we have briefly given. Their chief dogmas are so greatly manifest and at variance with reason that nothing can be more perverse. To wish to destroy the religion and the church which God himself has established, one true Catholic church, no Vatican II sect, I'm not talking about you. And whose perpetuity he ensures by his protection to bring back after a lapse of 18th century, I'm sorry, 
to bring back after a lapse of 18 centuries the manners and customs of the pagans, it is a single sing, signal folly and audacious impiety. Audacious just means bold. Neither is it less horrible nor more tolerable that they should repudiate the benefits which Jesus Christ so mercifully obtained, not only for individuals, but also for the family and for civil society. Benefits which, even according to the judgment and the testimony of the enemies of Christianity, are very great. In this insane and wicked endeavor, we may also see the implacable hatred and spirit of revenge which Satan himself is aflamed against Jesus Christ. So the studious endeavor of the Freemasons to destroy the chief foundations of justice and honesty, i.e. Catholic Church, and cooperate with those who would wish as if they were animals to do what they please tends to be the ignominious and disgraceful ruin of the hum human race. Ignominious just means um, terrible. The evil, too, is increased by the dangers which threaten both domestic and civil society. As we have elsewhere shown in marriage, according to belief of almost every nation, there is something sacred in religion. I'm sorry, there is something sacred in religious, religious, and the laws of God has determined that marriage shall not be dissolved if they are to be deprived of their sacred character and made disassolable, which means the bonds of marriage can never be broken. Trouble and confusion in the family will be the result. The wife being deprived of her dignity and the children left without the protection of their interest and well-being. Hello, divorce and uh, one-parent kids. To have in public matters no care for religion and in the arrangement and administration of civil affairs to have no more regard for God as if he did not exist is a rashness unknown to the very pagans. For in their heart and soul, the notion of, the div of, di of a divinity and need for public religion were so firmly fixed that they would not thought it easier to have a city without a foundation than a city without God. Human society, indeed, for which by nature was formed, has been constituted by God, the author of nature. And for him, as from their principle and source, flow in all flow in all their strength and permanence the countless benefits which society abounds as we are each admonished by the very voice of nature to worship God in piety and holiness as giver to us life and of all that is good therein. So also for the same reason nations and states are bound to worship him. Therefore, it is clear that those who would absolve society from all religious duty act not only unjustly, but with ignorance and folly. As men are, by the will of God, born for civil union in society, 
And no, when he says civil union, he's not talking about marriage. He's saying all men are born to be united with their society, with God as the head. And as the power to rule is necessary, a bond of society, that if it be taken away, society must at once be broken up. It follows from him, who is the author of society, has come also the authority to rule. So whoever rules, he is the minister of God. Wherefore, as to the end of nature of human society so requires, it is the right to obey the commands of lawful authority. Notice the key word, Vatican II sects, sect members, lawful authority. Lawful authority. Oh, and by the way, said of a contest as well. As it is, it is the right to obey God who rules all things. It must, it is most untrue that the people have it in their power to cast aside their obedience whenever they please. And like matter, no one doubts that all men are equal one to another before God. So far as their common origin in nature or the last end which each one has to attain or the rights and duties which thence are derived. Basically, he's saying all rights come from God. But as the abilities of all are not equal, as one difference from another, true Catholic individualism, in the power of mind or body, there are as many dissimilarities of manner, disposition, and character. It is most repugnant to reason to endeavor to confine all within the, within the same measure to the extent, I'm sorry, to extend complete equality to the institutions of civil life, civic life, I'm sorry. Just as perfect condition of body results from conjunction and composition, its various members, which though differing in form and purpose, may be made by their union and by the distribution of each one in its proper place. In other words, when he talks about the body, all, all the parts of the body, the eye, the mouth, the nose, the mind, the arms, the fingers, they all work together. They all work together being, uh, being driven by the mind. Okay. I'm going to have to, uh, if I go over uh, the same paragraph, just cut me some slack. Just as the perfect condition of the body results from the conjunction and composition of its various members, which though differing in form and purpose, make by their union and distribution of each one of its proper place, a combination beautiful to behold, firm in strength and necessary for use, so that in the commonwealth there is almost infinite dissimilar, dissimilarity of men as parts of the whole. If they are to be 
if they are all to be equal and each one is to follow their own will, the state will appear most deformed. But with a distinction of degrees of dignity of pursuits and employments, all aptly conspire for the common good, which they present the image of the state, both well-constituted and conformable to nature. What he's talking about there is um, all men being united under the same religion. All men being united under the same religion, pre-Vatican II Catholicism. Now from the disturbing airs which we have described, the greatest dangers to the state are be feared. For the, for the fear of God, reverence for divine laws are being taken away. The authority of rulers despised, sedition permitted and approved. The popular passions urged on to the lawlessness which no restraint, with no restraint, save that of punishment. In other words, people don't follow the laws because they're moral. They follow them because they're afraid to go to jail. A change and overthrow of all things will necessarily follow. Yea, this change and overthrow is deliberately planned and put forward by the many associations of communists and socialists to be under, to their undertaking the sect of Freemasons is not hostile, but greatly favors their designs and holds in common with them their chief opinions. If these men do not at once and everywhere endeavor to carry out their extreme views, it is not to be attributed to their teaching and their will, but to the virtue of divine religion, which cannot be destroyed, and also because the sounder part of men Refusing to be enslaved to secret societies, vigorously resist their insane attempts. Int- attempts. Would that all men be judge of a tree by its fruits, would acknowledge the seed and origin of the evils which press upon us, and of the dangers which are impending. We have to deal with the deceitful and crafty enemy who gratifying the ears of the people and of princes has ensnared them by smooth speeches and of adulation, ingratiating themselves with the rulers under a pretense of free uh, friendship. When he says ingratiating, he just means makes friends. The Freemasons has endeavored to make them allies and powerful helpers for the destruction of the Christian name, that they may strongly urge them on, that they have with determined culminy, um accused, oh, false accusation, a culminy is false accusation, accused the church of in. Of this word, I don't even know. Invidiously contending with the rulers in matters that affect their authority and sovereign power. I think what he's, that word means is, is that the Catholic Church um, is trying to meddle in affairs which it has no business being involved into. I'm going to repeat that again. 
because I don't think I said the whole thing. Okay, accused the church of <coughs> of invidiously contending with the rulers in matters that affect their authority and sovereignty and power, having by these artifices um, tactics ensure their own safety and audacity, they have begun to exercise great weight in the governments of states. But nevertheless, they are prepared to shake the foundations of empires, to harass the rulers of this state, to accuse and cast them out as often as they appear to govern otherwise than they themselves would have wished. In other words, when the Freemasons came across a prince or a... Uh, politician who would not toe their line, they would blacken his name and reputation and try to get him kicked out of, uh, in, in the case of a prince, deposed, or in the case of a politician, unelected. But nonetheless, are prepared, oh, okay, said that. In like manner, they have by flattery deluded the people, proclaiming with a loud voice liberty and public prosperity, saying that it was owing to the church and to the sovereign that the multitude were not drawn out of their unjust servitude and poverty. They have imposed upon the people and by exciting to them a thirst for novelty that they have, that they have urged them to assail both church and the civil power. Nevertheless, the expectation of the benefits which is hoped for is a greater than the reality. Indeed, common people, more impressed than they ever were be before, hello, modern society and culture, are deprived in their misery of the solace of things which have been erased, arranged in a Christian manner. They have had with ease and abundance. But whenever strive against the order which divine providence has constituted, pay usually the penalty for their pride and meet with affliction and misery where they rashly hope to fight all things prosperous and in conformity with their desires. The church, if she directs men, the church, if she directs men to render obedience chiefly and above all to God, the sovereign Lord, is wrongly and falsely believed either to be envious of the civil power or to arrogate itself or arrogate herself something of the rights of the sovereign. In other words, oh, never mind, I'll let you figure it out. On the contrary, she teaches that what is right, rightly due to the civil powered must be rendered to it with a conviction and consciousness of duty. In teaching that from God himself comes the right of the ruling, she adds a great dignity to civil authority on small helps toward obtaining the obedience and goodwill of its citizens. The friends of peace, sustainers of concord, she embraces all with maternal love. 
Intent only upon giving help to mortal man, she teaches that to justice must be joined clemency or mercy, equality, I'm sorry, equity to authority, and moderation in law giving. Hello, non just laws. Hello, moderation in judgment. That no one's right must be violated. That order and public tranquility are to be maintained. That the poverty of those are in need is as far as possible to be relieved by public and private charity. But for this reason, to use the words of St. Augustine, Men think or would have it believed that Christian teaching is not suited to be the good of for, I'm sorry, is not to be, men think or would have it believed that Christian teaching is not suited to the good of the state. For they wish the state to be founded not on solid virtue, but on impunity of vice. Knowing these things, both princes and people would act with political wisdom according to the needs of general safety if instead of joining with the Freemasons to destroy the church, they joined with the church in repelling the attacks. Whatever the future may be in this great and widespread evil, it is our duty, venerated brethren, to endeavor to find a remedy. And because we have known that our best and firmest hope of a remedy is in the power of divine religion, which the Freemasons, like their master, hate in proportion to their fear of it, we think it to be the chief importance to call the most saving power to our aid against the common enemy. Therefore, Whatsoever the Roman pontiffs, our predecessors, have decreed for the purpose of opposing the undertakings and endeavors of the Masonic sect, whatever they have enacted to enter or withdraw men from society of this kind, we ratify and confirm it all our apostolic authority, trusting uh, greatly to the goodwill of Christians, we pray and beseech each one for the sake of his eternal salvation to be most conscientiously careful, not in the least depart from what the apostolic see has commanded in this manner. See John Salsa. We pray and beseech you, brethren, Venerable brethren, to join your efforts with ours, earnestly strive for the expiration of this foul plague, in other words, get rid of the foul plague, which is creeping through the veins of the body politic. You have to defend the glory of God and the salvation of your neighbor with the object of your, with the object of your strife before you. In other words, Freemasons are our enemies. Pagan governments are our enemies. Neither courage nor strength will be wanting. Christians are, oh, I'm sorry, Catholics are born for combat. It will be for your prudence to be judged by what means you will best overcome the difficulties and obstacles you will meet with. But as the benefits of the authority... I'm sorry, but as it benefits the authority of our office that we ourselves should point out some suitable ways of proceeding. We wish to make 
it to be your first rule to tear away the mask of Freemasonry. Hello, certain set of contest podcasts. And let it be seen for what it really is. And by sermons and pastoral letters, instruct the peoples as to the artificial artifices used by societies of this kind and seducing men and enticing them into their ranks as to the depravity of their opinion, the wickedness of their acts, as to the predecessors have many times repeated, let no man think let no man think that he has for any reason whatsoever joined a Masonic sect. If he values his Catholic name, his eternal salvation, as he ought to value them. Let no one be deceived by the pretense of honesty. If it may seem that some Freemasons demand nothing that is openly contrary to religion and mor morality, but as the whole principle and object of the, the sect lies in what is vicious and criminal, to be joined with these men in any way to help them cannot be lawful. Hello, certain set of accountants out there. Hello, Neotrads and Vatican II sect members. Further, by assiduously teaching an, an exhortation, the multitude must be drawn to learn diligently the precepts of religion for the purpose we might earnestly advise them by the opportune writings and sermons that they may be taught the elements of the sacred truths in which Christian philosophy is contained. The result of this will be the minds of men will be made sound by instruction and will not and will be protected against any form of air inducements to wickedness especially in the present and unbounded freedom of writing and insatiable uh, eagerness for learning great indeed is the work but in the clergy will share your labors for through your care they are fitted by learning and well turning of life this good and great work ex requires to be helped by the industry among those in the laity in whom a love of religion and of country is joined to learning and goodness of life. By uniting the efforts of both clergy and laity, strive venerable brethren to make known through, I'm sorry, to make um, venerable brethren, to make men, uh, to make men through know and love the church for greater their knowledge and for the love of church, the more who will be turned away from clandestine societies, secret societies, and another note for a certain set of contest podcasters. Therefore, we, there, I'm sorry, wherefore, not without cause, do we use this occasion to state again that we have not stated elsewhere, namely that the third order of St. Francis, whose, dis whose discipline we a little while ago prudently migrated, should be studiously promoted and sustained. For the whole object of this order, as constituted by his founder, is to invite man to the imitation of Jesus Christ, to the love of church, and to be observant of all Christian virtue. Therefore, it ought to be great influence in suppressing the contagion of wicked societies. Let, therefore, this holy solidity 
Be strengthened by a daily increase. Amongst the many benefits to be expected from it will be great I'm sorry, will be the great benefit of drawing the minds of men to liberty, fraternity, and equality of right, not such as the Freemasons absurdly imagine, but to Jesus Christ obtained through the human race and St. Francis aspired to, the liberty we mean of sons of God, that though we may be free from slavery of Satan or to our passions, both of them most wicked masters, the fraternity of whose origin is in God, the common creator, the father of all, the equality which founded on justice and charity does not take away all distinctions among men, but out of a variety of life, duties, pursuits, forms, that union, and the harmony which naturally tend to benefit the dignity in society, uh, I'm sorry, tend to benefit and dignity of society. In the third place, there is a matter wisely instructed by our forefathers, but in the course of times laid out, I'm sorry, laid aside, which may now be used as a pattern and form of something similar. We mean the association of guilds of workmen for the protection under the guidance of religion, both of temporal interest and or morality, and our ancestors, by long use and experience, felt the benefits of these guilds of our age, perhaps feel it even... Oh, hold on a second. If our ancestors, by long use and experience, felt the benefits of these guilds, our age will feel... It more by reason of opportunity, which they will give the crushing of the power of these sects. Those who su support themselves by the labor of their hands, besides being by their very condition most worthy above all others of charity and consolation, are also especially exposed to the allurements of men whose way lies in fraud and deceit. Freemasons. Therefore, they ought to be helped with greatest possible kindness and invited to join associations that are good, lest they be drawn away to others that are evil. For this reason, we greatly wish for the salvation of all people under the auspices and patronage of the bishops, and at convenient times these guilds may be gen generally restored. To our, great, to our great delight, solidities of this kind and also associations of masters have in many places already been established, having each class of them for their object to help honest workmen protect and guard his children and family, to promote them in piety, Christian knowledge, and a moral life. In this matter, we cannot admit I'm sorry. In this matter, we cannot omit mentioning the exemplary society named after its founder, St. Vincent. I believe he's referring to St. Vincent du Paul Society, which is deserved so well of the lower classes. Its acts and names is, are well known. Its object is to give relief to the poor and the miserable. This it does with singular prudence and modesty, 
lest it wish to be seen, the better it is fitted for the exercise of Christian charity and for the relief of suffering. In the fourth place, in order more easily to obtain what we wish to your fidelity and watchfulness, we commend in special manner the young as being the hope of human society. Devote the greater part of your care to their instruction. Do not think that any precaution can be great enough. In keeping them from masters in schools where the pestilent breath of the sex is to be feared. Under the guidance, under your guidance, let parents, religious instructors, and priests have the cure of souls using every opportunity and their Christian teaching of warning children and pupils of this infamous nature. I'm sorry, the infamous nature of these societies, so that they may learn in good time to beware the various and fraudulent artifices, tactics, by which the promoters are accustomed to ensnare people. And those who instruct the young in religious knowledge will act wisely if they induce all of them to resolve to undertake never to bind themselves to any society without the direct knowledge of their parents or the advice of their parish priests or directors. We now, we well know, however, that our united labors will be no means sufficient to pluck up these pernicious seeds from the Lord's field. Unless the heavenly master of the vineyard shall mercifully help us in these endeavors, we must therefore, with great and anxious care, implore of him the help which the greatness of this of the dangers and of the need requires. The sect of Freemasons, which shows itself to be insolent and proud of its success, seems seems as if it would put no bounds to its pertinacity. In other words, boldness. Its followers, joined together by a wicked compact and by secret councils, give help to one another, excite one another to an audacity for evil things. So vehement an attack demands an equal defense. Hello, uh, what's the word? Uh, zeal. Hello, zeal. that all good men should form the widest possible association of action and for a certain set of accountants of prayer. We beseech them, therefore, with united, united hearts to stand together unmoved against the advancing forces of the sex in mourning and in supplication to stretch out their hands to God, praying that the Christian name may flourish and prosper and that the church may enjoy its needed liberties, and those who have gone astray may return to right mind, I'm sorry, have gone astray, and may return to a right mind, that error at length may give place to truth, vice to virtue. Let us take our helper, and let us take our helper in intercession, Virgin Mary, Mother of God, so that she, from the moment of her conception, overcame Satan, 
may show her power over those evil sects, and which revive the I can't even pronounce this word. Um contumacious spirit of the demon, together with his unsubdued perfidy and deceit. Perfidy just means uh evilness. I don't know what that other word means, honestly. Let us beseech, let us beseech Saint Michael, the prince of the heavenly angels, who drove out the infernal foe, Saint Joseph, the spouse of the most holy virgin, and the heavenly patron of the Catholic Church, and the great apostles Peter, I'm sorry, great apostles Saint Peter and Saint Paul, the fathers The fathers and victorious champions of the Christian faith, by their patronage, perseverance, united in prayer, we hope that God will mercifully and opportunely help the human race, which is encompassed by, uh, yeah, encompassed by so many dangers. As a pledge of heavenly gifts and of our benevolence, we lovingly grant, we lovingly grant in our Lord to you, venerable brethren, to clergy, and to all the people committed to your watchful eye and care, our apostolic benediction, given at St. Peter's in Rome, the 20th day of April, 1884, sixth year of our pontificate. Now, when I undertook to read this encyclical, I've never, I, I had not read the actual encyclical. I actually listened to a YouTube podcast, or not podcast, um, a, a YouTube channel that read it. The, the, the books on tape for traditional Catholic books. I had forgotten that how many pages this encyclical was. So I will try to be as brief as I am able with my final comments. Number one, this is not me tooting my own horn. This is not me beating my chest. As I've stated previously, this did not come from me. This came from God. But I've covered in one form or another, another, a lot of the stuff that he talks about in this encyclical. Um, and while I'm at it, I want to give a humble and thank you, uh, I'm sorry, a humble and sincere thank you to our blessed Lord and his blessed mother for their guidance and their graces that despite me fighting them tooth and nail, they've been leading me in the, the right path together. Once again, just a gentle reminder, this, considering it's coming from me, is gentle. When he refers to the church and Christians, he is referring to pre-Vatican II Catholics, not Protestants, not schismatics, and definitely not the heretical council of Vatican II masquerading as Catholics. 
I'm going to enclose in my show notes, and I'm wrapping up here, um, where a copy of this encyclical can be bought for Kindle on Amazon. That's where I got my copy. It is 99 cents. Now, there are websites that have this encyclical, and if you have a console computer and a printer, you can download it for yourself. I highly urge, beg, and beseech you, please, for the love of all that's holy, if you love the one true Catholic Church, download or buy this encyclical and read it at your leisure. Now, according to my timer, I'm thinking I'm running up on a little close to two hours. So I'm going to close out here. Once again, I thank you for your time and I definitely thank you for your patience. Any questions, any comments, good, bad, or indifferent, please contact me at Listener Mailbag. It is your choice. I pray for everyone. Take it for what it's worth, and I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. But before you can accept the graces that God gives you, you must be able to recognize them. And as I said previous in a previous episode, if you do hang on to a uh, if you do see a grace, Grab it with both hands and hang on to it tight. If you are incorrect and it is not a grace, if you're sincere, sincere and, um, you know, your intentions are good, I promise you the Lord, our Lord and his blessed mother will help you to move beyond your error. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. A sincere, honest, and hearty God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.